Hello friends. Welcome back to the Stay in Your Lane podcast. This is episode 3 and I would like to thank you for making it a date every week uh to get to listen to these beautiful yet short teachings that we call Stay in Your Lane. And I'm thankful today that I get to share the word with you again. Uh if you're new to this podcast, my name is Dora Senkungu and my husband and I are the team leaders of Life Church Uganda where we have four campuses in Namasuba, Kawuku, Seta and Bwerenga. If you're ever in those areas, you're welcome to fellowship with us at Life Church. Uh today I am very glad to share the word of God with you again, but first we'll dive into prayer. Lord Jesus as we come to the table of your word as your holy spirit is serving this evening this morning whenever the different ones are listening to the podcast I pray Lord that your holy spirit will open our eyes the eyes of our understanding that our hearts will be open ready to receive from you ready to partake from what you want to download to us today thank you in Jesus mighty name we have prayed amen so um Today I want to share on a subject that I'm calling built to build. <laughs> yeah, built to build. Yeah. So, I don't know if you um if you just picture with me, imagine with me if you've ever seen a little child. Um I'm sure many of you have seen little children. In the early years of these children, they are helpless they are helpless they need support they need their parents to literally do everything for them i think the only thing the parent can't do for the child is maybe breathe for them but even with like prematures you have to actually help them breathe you check them into a special hospital unit where they help them even breathe they put oxygen on them they can hardly do anything for themselves when they are born and so as they keep growing the parents keep doing everything possible to see that these children uh you know grow well are healthy are taken care of are, you know fended for everything that's necessary is done for them and then as the child keeps growing they eventually reach a stage where now the parent doesn't have to do everything for the child the child can do a considerable amount of things for themselves maybe they can bathe themselves they can uh wash a few small clothes and, and and growth keeps happening until such a time when this child now can even take care of the parent that originally took care of them so this child was built up by their parent so that they would also become a builder so that they would also become one who takes care of them or others so being cared for so that we might care for others being attended to so that we might attend to others and you see when we get saved on the day we are born again we are like that newborn baby we can hardly do anything on our own we need someone to literally pray for us and then maybe teach us even how to pray we need someone to uh, sometimes advise us think for us we need someone to help with a thing or two there that eventually when you grow up in the lord when you keep growing we never stop growing but when you grow to a certain you know uh stature in the lord it becomes 
um, easier for you to do certain things. Now you can prompt yourself to pray. Now you can prompt yourself to read the word. Now you can uh, challenge yourself to obey the word of God. Now you can encourage yourself in the Lord because now you're grown, you're maturing. You're not the little baby when, as you were on the very first day that you gave your life to Christ. God has made such an investment in our lives after we get saved for the purpose of us also becoming a builder. My prayer is that you never lose sight of God's mission for why he has poured into us. There's a portion of scripture in Matthew that says that Jesus invited 12 disciples that he might be with them and that eventually he would send them out to preach the gospel. So he invited them to be with them, to build them, to encourage them, to stretch them to challenge them, to do all the wonderful things he did in their lives. But the ultimate purpose was so that he would also be able to send them out to go and be a witness for him and for what he has accomplished. And that's exactly uh, what your life is about. I, I want to encourage you and challenge you. And I don't know what other words to use, prompt you, you know, nudge you, push you to... Uh, realize that the lane that God has put you in is that he has first built you. He has first poured into you. He has first invested a great investment in you. But the purpose is so that you would eventually also become a builder of others. You'd become a builder of things that are broken down. You'd become a builder of lives that are broken. You'd become one who would win souls of those who are uh, do not know the Lord and not walking with the Lord and not uh, mindful of what the purpose and the plan of God is in their lives, in the lives of others and in the lives of their surround, those surrounding them. So I want to read a portion of scripture that I believe is quite popular. You know it well. It's in Isaiah chapter 61. Beautiful, beautiful portion of scripture. And I've grown to love it a lot lately. I've fallen more and more in love with it. And I want to share this with you. And this scripture is a typical uh, painting of a picture or description of how God comes and rescues us. He comes and, you know, sets us free. He comes and performs great things in our lives. But the purpose is not so that we just have a wonderful life and enjoy ourselves. I usually paint a picture that God didn't save us and perform all great wonders in our lives so that we would, you know, build a house by the beach, by a lakeside, by the beach and sit on one of those uh, lying chairs, uh, reclining chairs and sip on a glass of juice that has a straw which has a little umbrella on it. So if you can picture that cozy feeling, that's not what God has set us free for. That's not what God has delivered us for. God has delivered us and set us free and saved us and redeemed us and worked great deliverances in our lives that we might also go and carry out great deliverances in the lives of other people. So the scripture goes, Isaiah 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, to release uh, and release from darkness for prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance 
of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Verse 4, they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks, for rainers will work your fields and vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, verse 7, you will receive a double portion, and instead of your disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance and so you will inherit a double portion in your land and everlasting joy will be yours wow there are only seven verses but they tell a tale they tell a story of what god does in the lives of people and for what purpose he does it for so first of all the first parts of this portion of scripture uh the the verse one makes a declarative statement and this is speaking, it's a messianic uh, prophetic uh, chapter in Isaiah. And he's speaking of Jesus and he's saying that the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. If you look in the book of, I believe, Luke, where Jesus stood up for the very first time in the synagogue and was handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah to speak on it or read it out in the synagogue. He went straight to this Isaiah chapter 61. This is the portion of scripture he read. Uh, he read Isaiah 61 saying, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do what? Proclaim good news to the poor. The people that feel like, you know what? My life is worthless. My life is, uh, is short of supply to proclaim good news to the poor. That is why Jesus has come to proclaim good news to the poor. And he continues to say what else the spirit of the sovereign Lord has anointed him for. And the second thing was, uh, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, release from darkness for prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy, instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair this is why jesus came he came to build us up he came to uh put our lives together he came to sort out the mess that otherwise was you know had come to ruin us the mess that was intended for our ruin the mess that the enemy was planning to use to destroy our lives forever. So he talks about how he came to proclaim good news to the poor. He came to bind up the brokenhearted. I'm sure you're familiar with a broken heart. Uh, all of us have experienced some kind of heartbreak. All of us have experienced some kind of disappointment. Well, the Bible says that the Spirit of God was upon Jesus or is upon Jesus for the purpose of binding up the wounds of the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness 
for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to comfort all who mourn. These are very personal situations, being poor, being brokenhearted, being a captive bound by something, being a prisoner in darkness, moreover, uh, being in mourning, mourning, like weeping and crying out for for help, uh, grieving, uh, being, uh, having a life that uh, you can only describe as ashes. You've had people who say that I hit rock bottom. My life was in total shambles. My life was ashes. So this is why Jesus came. He came to comfort those who grieve. He came to give a crown of beauty for ashes. He came to uh, give the oil of joy instead of a spirit of mourning, a, gam- a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. The things that Jesus was anointed to do or the things that he is first of all anointed to do in our lives are really very personal things. They're not the big deal items. They're not the rescuing a nation, maybe from enemies or what. It's it, the, the purpose for Jesus' being anointed was so that you would be set free from poverty, from bondage, from mourning, from despair or depression, if you want to call it that. Uh, Jesus came to attend to your personal needs first. Jesus came to attend to the state of your heart, of your life, of your soul first. He wants to first touch you as an individual. He wants to come and heal your broken heart. He wants to come and restore devastation in your life. He wants to come and remove a a spirit of heaviness and clothe you with a garment of praise. He wants to come and uh, give you beauty instead of ashes. These are very personal things. These are very easily understandable and easy to perceive things because all of us have been in one of those situations before, if not several. You've needed a a heart to be healed. You've needed God to turn your ashes into beauty. You've needed God to set you free from captivity. You've needed God to uh, give you praise, a garment of praise instead of a a heart of mourning or a spirit of mourning. Um, God wants to come and attend to you personally. But the thing is when he comes and attends to us, which is what I'm referring to as being built here. You see, Jesus said in Matthew 16 verse 18 that I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The way God builds a church is by building individual people's lives is by setting the captives free, is by proclaiming good news to the poor, is by giving a crown of beauty instead of ashes. As God is building up your personal individual life, put together as he builds all of our lives, he's building his church. And so God has built us up, as this scripture has showed, God's spirit is available for our liberty. God's spirit is available for good news. God's spirit is available to heal us from depression. God's spirit is available to give us beauty instead of ashes. So you need to first settle that fact that God has made his resources, including the spirit of the living God, the third person of the Trinity, has been made available for you to be built up. It's for the purpose of you being built up. God is so interested in you and your life that he wants to build you up and he has staked all of the resources of heaven to make that possible. So that's one side of the coin, to be built up. But then I want to talk about the other side of becoming a builder because we called this podcast today, episode today, we called it Built to Build. 
God has built you. God has attended to you. The spirit of God is available for you. If your heart broken, guess what? The spirit of God is available to heal you. If you feel despair, depression, confusion, the spirit of God is available for you because that's the purpose for which he anointed Jesus and everyone else uh, who serves Jesus. So um, I want to encourage you to know that God is available to heal you, to build you up, to, to, to put in the missing pieces in your life. But it's not for nothing. If you read, begin reading from verse 3 where it ends, it says that these same people, eh, the ones I've told you, bind up the brokenhearted, set the captives free, the prisoners from darkness, etc., etc. Then he begins to say that those people will be called oaks of righteousness. They will be called a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. When God is done with the work of building you, or as God is accomplishing the, uh, accomplishing the purpose of building you up, the end goal is so that your life would bring him glory. Because he says they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. God wants to display his splendor through you. God wants to display his work, his might, his power through your life. You have been made for the glory of God. So after that, in verse 4, he says, these people, they will rebuild, they become rebuilders, they become builders. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew uh, ruined cities that have been devastated for generations and so it's amazing after God has done a healing work, a deliverance work, a, you know, all of those things that we talk about, we've talked about in this chapter, Isaiah 61. Then the goal is that we also go, first of all, we bring him glory. People look at us and say, wow, look at a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. This person has become an oak of righteousness, but not for nothing, not just to bear the title, not just to give a good, nice testimony of what God did in your life. No, the purpose is so that we rebuild, we become rebuilders of ancient ruins. What are the ancient ruins around you? Do you know that God's spirit is available to first of all heal you and then eventually cause you to become a rebuilder of devastated things? Is your family in devastation? Is your workplace environment in devastation? Is your marriage devastated? Uh, what is devastated around you? Is your community devastated? The Bible says that the spirit of the sovereign Lord is available to do a personal healing work in you so that you will be whole to also go and accomplish the same purpose outside uh, of yourself. So God has called you to be a rebuilder. The lane God has called you to is to be a rebuilder. Never forget to be a rebuilder. Never get too uh, excited about the miracles of God in your life that you forget to become one who rebuilds the life of others, one who rebuilds things that have been destroyed, one who rebuilds ancient ruins. I pray that God, the Holy Spirit will remind you of what the work God has accomplished in your own life, that the Holy Spirit will prompt you for you to remember that, wow, look at how broken and confused and distraught I was, but for the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord, who working in Jesus and working through the institution of the church of Jesus Christ is, has touched you and healed you. And I pray that you recognize that now that God has healed me, now that I am whole, now that I have a better understanding of things, now that I am as things are, I also want to become a rebuilder because that's who God has called us to be. 
in John 15, 16, it says that you did not choose me, but I chose you that you might go and bear fruit and fruit that remains. So God has called you to be a rebuilder of ancient ruins. The people around you who are broken because of the work God has already accomplished in your own life. He wants you in turn now to turn those tools and become a rebuilder of those people. The work God has accomplished in you, he wants it to be executed in the lives of other people as you also rebuild them. Remember, you have been built by God, by the spirit of God, by the house of God, by the people of God, so that you would also become one who builds up others. Grab opportunities for building people up. Don't shun them. Don't let them pass you by, but grab them, take a hold of them and stay in your lane. God bless you.